Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon. I have seen more backlash to pretty much any positive Mixon tweet this offseason than almost more than any other, you know, just fantasy player. And if you're in the camp where you just don't think much of Mixon as a person and you're going to ignore guys like him, Tyreek Hill, Ben Rossberger, whoever it might be in the fantasy community, kudos to you. I'm focusing on his, you know, on-field stuff here in this podcast. And with that, he has never been bad at football, which is why it's confusing to me when people, you know, and I say, hey, Mixon had all these touches last year. He's a value at ADP. And everyone's, you know, hitting me with the Michael Scott, oh, I'm ready to be hurt again, Jeff, or, you know, uh, oh, we're doing this again. I hear this every single year. Like, yeah, people, you hear this every year because Mixon has generally been firmly in the RB1 discussion, both pre-draft and after the year when we go back and look at who the RB1s were. Now, last year, unfortunately, limited to fewer than 14 games for the first time in his career, but when he was playing, Mixon was the RB10 in PPR points per game. In 2019 and 2018, when he was able to play at least 14 games, he was RB13 overall in 2019, RB10 overall in 2018. So, throughout all this, I mean, you know, he entered a league in 2017. I didn't include that year because he was splitting carries with Jeremy Hill, I believe, and uh, Giovanni Bernard as well. We had some... That's some fun Bengals backs over the years, everybody. I believe Jeremy was still on that team, and he absolutely was. So when we've had just the Mix and Geo partnership, look, it hasn't been as ideal as we want because we've seen Mix and even dating back to his days at Oklahoma. Like this dude is a plus receiver, but the majority of the receiving opportunities have always gone to Giovanni Bernard. But just in terms of on a per route and it's a per carry basis, Mixon's been awesome. His 84.6 PFF rushing grade ranked 16th among 115 RBs with that lead. 100 carries since 2017. And he's averaged 1.26 yard per route run, tied for 21st among 43 backs with at least 100 targets during that same span. So, no, it's not Nick Chubb. It's not, you know, consensus top five player in everything. But we're talking about a productive three down, well rounded back that, let's face it, I mean, this Cincinnati offense hasn't exactly been the spot where, you know, just great fantasy players come to exist. And we always talk again and again about, you know, how running backs are a product of their system. Well, let's look at this. Cincinnati system over the years. In 2017, they were the 26th ranked scoring offense. They boosted up to 17th in 2018, down to 30th in 2019, and 29th last season. You know, I'm I've caught some criticism. You know, I, I I think they're wrong. I think I'm right. But I've caught some criticism and just kind of thinking that offensive lines don't really matter in fantasy football. And it's not that they don't matter. And same, same issue with defense. It's not that they don't matter. Our ability to determine which offensive lines are going to be good or bad in the following season is where I say, you know, maybe don't maybe don't fade Najee Harris just because you think the Steelers' offensive line is going to be bad when there's enough volume going along with it. And that's kind of what we see with Joe Mixon here because, yeah, this O-line has been brutal each of the past four seasons. I mean, just looking at their PFF rushing grade, guys, it has been, you know, really bad. Uh, trying to pull it up right now. But, you know, it's been bottom freaking eight every single, you know, path along the way. Specifically, 21st, 31st, 25th, and 28th. There we go. In-run blocking grade since 2017. Now, the reason why I don't care is because if we have a running back, particularly with pass game volume, they can be running behind a bad offensive line. 
We're playing a silly game called fantasy football where running backs that catch passes are the closest thing we have to a cheat code other than quarterbacks that happen to run. So, no, I'm not too worried about the O-line concerns. Last year, PFF's bottom five offensive lines and run blocking grade produced four top 24 PPR RBs. The top five offensive lines also produce four top 24 PPR RBs. So, again, if we can have those targets, a running back can overcome uh, a bad group of players up front. And also, people, don't underestimate what Joe Burrow could do for this offense. I mean, we, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that put, puts more importance on touchdowns than yards, points win football games. I don't know why, you know, the passing leaders, the rushing leaders and stuff are always determined by yards. Maybe it could be a combination of sorts. You know, people always want to, all the real-life football folks want to mock fantasy football. Like, if you just took out fantasy points and just named it like raw production i think a lot more people would get behind the stats but they kind of get scared off when uh, they hear the fantasy word but either way man like mixon he's only scored four nine eight and four touchdowns i mean four years 25 scores there's zero competition for targets and really goal line touches i know one of samaje pete ryan travion williams maybe even chris evans they're gonna be involved to some extent but if they're coming in it's as a true, like, spelling him, like, you're tired, Joe, please come out. I don't see it being a situation like Geo where they actually want to get these guys, uh, you know, an allotment of snaps per game. Even if they do, we're looking at someone that in 2019, people, in 16 games, he had 313 touches. There just aren't that many running backs that we can count on, you know, maybe two hands, probably less, that are, you know, vying for three more than 300 touches, and Mixon remains one of those guys. So, again, people, the O-line concerns... They're still there, but we've seen Mixon overcoming a worse group before, and at least now, you know, some of these high-round picks the Bengals have been spending across the offensive line have had a chance to grow up a little bit. It'd be reasonable not to expect them to be great in 2021, but I don't know. I listed off the ranks. They've been so bad over the past few years. It's like an awful defense. Like, okay, they could be awful again, but hey, with just a little bit of positive regression, the guy's getting better. We could be talking about Joe Mixon playing behind an average offensive line for the first time in his career with the best QB play. So ideally, that'll lead to more touchdown equity and higher efficiency. We talked about Giovanni Bernard and his 57 targets per year being gone. I mean, what are you... What are the haters missing? I, I don't get it, people. Like, the injury concerns, they're not any more pronounced for Mixon than they are for Dalvin Cook or one of these people. Like, you could even, like, injury concerns, it's just so difficult. Like, I get it when a guy is actively injured in the offseason it's going to be hurting his playing time. Last thing we hear from Zach Taylor is that Mixon's foot is feeling just fine. He's working out, and he's feeling really good. Now, I understand Taylor isn't exactly a coach that we need to listen to a ton with injury updates. He's been, uh, you know, very annoying with it over the past few years, but I just think the concerns around Mixon are, mis are misguided. You know, he's uh, just always been a guy for us that's produced borderline RB1 value, and now we have reasons with the uh, newfound targets with Giovanni Bernard gone with hopeful offensive line improvement with what we're fully expecting to be improvement under center uh, from Joe Burrow improvements all over the place and again not enough injury concerns for me to really think that Mixon is someone that we just need to 100% fade because he's going to get hurt like where do we draw a line there go look at Derrick Henry's like high school game log when they were giving him 50 carries per game look at the Heisman winning Bama year and look at the last two years like why not just fade Derrick Henry because he's bound to get hurt at some point Dalvin Cook stayed healthy last why not fade him because he used to get hurt you know you know how, how far do we want to go with all this so to me 
injury concerns until we see something in like June or July where they're like, by the way, Mixon, foot is still an, foot is still an issue. Like we're not sure he's be ready for week one. That's when we can be, be concerned about it. But Mixon, again, just hasn't been someone to consistently deal with this. Let's not make up some false narrative here. It just doesn't fit reality. So truly, despite all this, you know, again, better online, better QB, more targets. He is as cheap as ever, everybody. If we just look at Mixon's ADP going into every season, in 2018, he was the RB14. In 2019 and 2020, he was the RB11. In 2021, on underdog fantasy, he's RB12. So, you know, the Sharps already playing best ball aren't quite as high. But over a fantasy football calculator, which I think is a little bit more indicative of, you know, what you might see in like in redraft leagues with your friends, he's all the way down there at RB15. Again, I think people are just really taking that last year which not only did it suck because he got hurt in weeks, you know, after just six games, but he only had that one monster performance against the Jaguars in his other five games, never cleared 100 yards, only scored one touchdown because he was playing in a bad offense. But even though he was playing in a bad offense, he had enough volume to still return uh, borderline RB1 production. Actually, it was more than borderline. It was legit RB1 production. So with all that in mind, people, it, it's as simple as this. Our PFF Lily stat for Joe Mixon is that nobody had more touches. Nobody in the entire NFL have more touches than Joe Mixon before his injury last year. And with that in mind, he is my RB11 going into this uh, season. And just in my, you know, tiers article, tier one uh, for me, here, I'll pull it up real quick. But really for me, each of the first three tier running backs, like I think they have a path to overall RB1 uh, production if things swing their way. My top four guys, the undisputed workhorses are McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon, Derrick Henry. In tier two, firmly RB1 season, Aaron Jones, Zico Elliott, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, and Nick Chubb. I am... Oh, man. You know, I've been drinking coffee this morning. If we switch to some sheesh or even booze later, like, I'm not against even moving Mixon up into that top eight, top nine. His total touch floor is higher than, I think, Nick Chubb. It's higher than Alvin Kamara, higher than Austin Eckler. I guess I'm just concerned how big the receiving role is going to be. Jamar Chase is there now. Mixon, to his credit, was already kind of getting more receptions than we were used to last year. He was on pace to catch 56 passes. Now, if he does that, it's going to be great. He's going to be the a higher end RB1 than he's been in the past. Past uh, The difference, I guess, is going to be will he get, you know, eight, 70, 80 catches and actually be like a legit top three running back or is it going to be more in that 40, 50 range? So for me, he is in that tier three. With some luck, these dudes could bounce up two tiers and the only guy I have ahead of him here is Cam Akers. So I would take Joe Mixon ahead of guys like Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Swift, and Chris Carson. I just think his overall volume ceiling is a lot higher than all those guys. So, you know, you're not really hating yourself if you get any of these top 15 guys. Again, that's why they are all lumped in that same tier for me but Joe Mixon he's someone that I think you know alongside DeAndre Swift who we're going to talk about uh, you know in this uh, next episode on Wednesday I just think both these guys they're being a little bit unfairly dropping the fantasy ranks where I think if we just don't let yesterday's mistake completely influence tomorrow's fantasy draft we can get a lot more on board with Mixon that his more affordable than ever fantasy valuation. Thank you, everybody. I'd encourage you to go get yourself some Joe Mixon over with our friends at Underdog Fantasy. If you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season-long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game where you draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. So go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF Edge and subscription. That's a promo code PFF. Draft now at Underdog 
Fantasy. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Ian Harditz. If you enjoy the series, I encourage you to check out the rest of my work over at PFF.com. 100 questions in 100 days serving as the basis for these podcasts. Plenty of goodness over on the old Twitter, at iHarditz in the meantime. So thank you, as always, for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody. Thank you.